U.S. charitable giving spiked to its highest level ever in 2020 in response to the pandemic. $471 billion was given to 501c3 organizations. Corporate giving was down, hampered by uncertainty on revenues and profits in many sectors, but individual and foundation giving rose to meet the needs of the year. Will 2021 match or exceed last year's record? The heaviest giving season is ahead of us, starting with Giving Tuesday next week. In this edition of Commerce Code, charitable giving and powerful consumer brands, a Thanksgiving conversation with Greg O'Neill from Impact. Dan Carell here, and this is Commerce Code brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. As I mentioned in the introduction, charitable giving hit record highs in 2020 in response to the immediate needs of the pandemic. This according to a recent analysis by the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy at Indiana University. Organizations whose services directly related to the pandemic saw increased philanthropy, while those with longer-term missions often saw a drop-off in giving. Understandably, those that could pivot fast to an online giving channel did far better than others. Will 2021 compete with 2020 for total giving? Foundations are unlikely to maintain their increased emergency response spending posture from 2020. So to make up the difference, corporations would have to increase their giving. Consumers who did well in 2020 are likely to have done as well or better in 2021. An October U.S. bank study found that affluent families, defined as those with an annual income of 200000 or more, increased their average annual giving from 29000 in 2017 to 43000 in 2020. With continued success and stock market gains in 2021, what will happen? Individuals account for 71% of total charitable contributions to 501c3s, so driving individual giving numbers up would appear to be the biggest opportunity for increased philanthropy. Our conversation today with Greg O'Neill of Impact gets to the intersection of individual giving, consumer brand connection, and digital commerce. Impact is a long-standing player in connecting commerce to philanthropic causes, and I'm excited to learn from Greg in our conversation today. Greg, it's great to have you with us. Uh, where are you joining us from today? Hey, Dan, thanks for having me. I am in Center City, Philadelphia. Beautiful. Well, look, I'm going to dive in to this conversation that we've been looking forward to on consumer charitable giving and how it's really moving forward and some great things that have been happening in that space. And so I'd love to learn a bit more about Impact. You guys are the nation's premier payments solutions provider on consumer charitable giving. And I just wonder if you can and start by filling in the blanks for me and for our audience on how you work with banks and fintech platforms, providers, brands, retailers, et cetera. Our products and services fall into two categories, technology and professional services. With the banking space and FI companies, we facilitate charitable giving services where a banking customer can donate in a single one-time instant directly from their account they may have with that financial institution or you know, regularly scheduled or what we call subscription-based timed donations. And if a bank or a financial institution wants to be market-centric, we can curate a list of local nonprofits and can allow also for matching fund campaigns where a bank or financial institution can provide additional gifts to enhance an individual's donation. 
And the whole idea and concept of localized giving can be a very, very powerful tool. And in the merchant and processor space, we integrate into a payment portal and allow a consumer to round up for charity. And we can also provide campaign functionality where a merchant can allow and select a charity and offer discount donations to their customers when they shop with them. And then finally, in the FI space, we also will work with credit card issuers that have a reward program. And so we allow for donation of points or cashback rewards to be given to charities. And in the brand and retailer space, we mainly participate in loyalty programs. And what we do is we integrate into the program Point Bank and build out a robust selection of highly curated, highly personalized selection of charities that are localized into communities where their customers reside. I want to come back to the charitable environment, the giving environment, how that's changed. But first, for listeners who are sort of in the middle of their workday, right, they're thinking about how do we build the future of the organization that they're in? So what value do those brands find in working with Impact? Along with the technology, it's really our expertise and professional services capabilities, which are extremely compelling. You know, and I know the whole idea concept of giving may seem simple, but there really are a number of complex factors for a company to consider. Risk mitigation and reputational management are part of the vetting services that we provide because any company wants to ensure that a charity that they are putting out there in the public domain is going to be in good standing, not just financially, but also they need to be socially appropriate. The other really important uh, service that we offer is through our 501c3 partner, the GoodCoin Foundation. Uh, this is our sister company, and, and what they do, they ensure that any company that starts a giving program is going to be in compliance with IRS and state you know, regulatory statutes. And we provide these services through this whole idea of what's called a donor advised fund. And it also tracks, distributes, and reports back on all of dispersed donations. So at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're taking a very involved and complex process and we're simplifying it for our partners. It's a great explanation. And obviously, it's a more complicated world than we used to live in. The impact as well um, of what your organization is doing has the potential to go beyond the charitable space as well in terms of really transforming loyalty and certain aspects of digital banking through this charitable giving. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. One of the phrases that we use as one of our mission statements, if you will, is democratizing giving. What we're doing is we're taking a bottom-up approach. So the whole idea and concept of you know allowing your customers to choose is really powerful. So our partners, our banks and brands are able to provide a platform to allow for personalized giving. Two-thirds of the consumers prefer to engage with and give to a local nonprofit, particularly one that's in their community that they know or are familiar with. And the other thing that's really important is that when they do donate to a local nonprofit, they're going to donate three times as much as they will to a national. So it's really important to be able to have that capability. The other important concept here is that you're basically aligning your purpose values. The customer, the bank, the brand has now an aligned purpose values. And consumers have shown that they want to shop with, they want to work with, they want to be associated with brands that, you know, share those same purpose values as they do. So there are real business ROI dividends that can be gained as seen through offering these types of aligned value marketing services. So I wanted to get back around to the charitable thing. And I, I suspect there's a bigger conversation about how charitable giving has changed both nationally and globally in the last couple of decades. But how has charitable giving changed in the last year and a half as a result of the pandemic? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be no surprise that, you know, giving has really grown. And it was really going in that direction prior to the lockdown, but the lockdown really amplified it. What we're seeing, Dan, is individuals are not just giving money out of their own pockets or their DDA banking account or credit card, but they're taking the opportunity through these marketing programs to donate their loyalty reward currency and choosing not to use it on themselves, but to give it to the needy and less fortunate. The other really fascinating trend that we're seeing, particularly during the pandemic, is this growing collaboration between traditional CSRs, so corporate social responsibility organizations. Every big brand, every big bank, you know, has them. But we're seeing given strategies now that are combining CSR with marketing programs. And when you think about it, it's a really smart way to engage with your customers, particularly with younger consumers. 82% of the millennials and Jenners are already donating to a charity today. So facilitating that giving, which is in their DNA, is really an important marketing concept and strategy. Finally, in terms of other trends that we're seeing, particularly during the pandemic, which has been really fascinating to me, the whole idea of of blockchain and cryptocurrency and NFT donations, which are starting. And I wasn't really aware of them until a couple of months ago when my son had told me that he'd invested in an NFT and a cryptocurrency that if it increased in value, a percentage of the increase would go to a prescribed nonprofit. So we see that as a really big trend that we're going to be watching for in 2022 and one that we're preparing to have in our technology arsenal for next year as well. Did that send you looking for that one Bitcoin that you thought you'd maybe left in the between the cushions of the couch? <laughs> yes, and we're going to donate that to charity. There you go. Look, this is such interesting stuff. And I mean, we could obviously talk about it for a long time. As I said, I think there's the broader question of how charitable giving has changed over time. And the most important question, which is how it's going to change in the coming decade or two. But it's fun to kind of hear your assessment of it from impacts perspective. And I guess to me, the interesting thing is to consider that you're part of shaping how it's going to change for the next decade. So Greg, thank you so much. It's been a fun conversation and interesting to me and wish you all the best as you uh, continue with your work this holiday season. Dan, thanks for having me and have a great holiday to you and everyone that's out there listening today. Coming right up, closing thoughts on philanthropy and happiness. Arthur Brooks is a professor at Harvard Business School and a leading scholar of human happiness. His happiness class at Harvard Business School has a wait list of over 100. As he says, students need the mechanics of the MBA to succeed, but there's an epidemic of unhappiness among graduates of elite MBA programs who realized that they got everything they wanted, and yet. Brooks calls it the hedonic treadmill. We've all been on it. Maybe you're on it now. A feeling of inertia that forces us to keep moving almost pre-consciously, but the movement doesn't create happiness. At times, it feels like it's movement in the wrong direction entirely. Brooks says that money can remove the sources of unhappiness, but above about 100000 a year, it doesn't create greater happiness. Harvard MBAs now command 150000 or more out of the starting gate. The Wall Street Journal covered the spike in MBA salaries just last week. So sources of unhappiness should now be mostly taken care of. But as recent staff upheavals at places like Goldman Sachs demonstrate, sources of happiness remain elusive for the top players in the corporate game. What's going on? I don't mean to dwell on Arthur Brooks in particular, but his career kind of tells the story. Brooks's PhD dissertation wasn't about happiness. It was a social scientific analysis of charitable giving. And his analysis of why people give their money away to strangers led to his observation that those who give the most are reliably happier. 
by any standard or measure of happiness. To boil down Brooks's observation about money and happiness, it's kind of as simple as this. Once you've got enough money to remove your sources of unhappiness, the only thing you can do with your remaining money that will reliably, definitely increase your happiness is to give it away. This is a hard and in some ways ancient message, and don't get me wrong. In my house, we don't calculate our threshold for minimal physical comfort and then give everything else away. But we've known for some time now that writing uncomfortably big checks to charities is the only way to spend money that comes with no buyer's remorse and no heartburn. It's the day after Thanksgiving in the U.S., so if you're here, I assume your heartburn is still lingering. Uh, My advice, first, make a turkey and cranberry sandwich. Stuffing optional, but highly recommended, because that's just good advice. Second, go alleviate your heartburn by getting online and giving to the charity you know that really makes a difference. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself by taking care of others, including people you'll never even meet. God bless you and yours this season. This is Dan Carell, signing off.